everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bowls in the Ring. We have a uh, special uh, episode here. We're going to be uh, speaking with NASCAR owner Bob Levine of Levine Family Racing. It's very uh, exciting. And how are you doing, Bob? I'm doing very well. Bob Joe, how are y'all? Good. We're very good, very good. Yeah, very well today. So, as we normally start all of our uh, podcasts, you know, whenever we're interviewing anyone... We, you know, we like to, you know, know a little bit about you, a little bit about your, you know, your history. So, I mean, if there's anything you'd like to explain to us, and then we'll get into the, the meat and potatoes of it. Uh, born and raised in Florida. Uh, went to high school in Tampa. Uh, graduated from University of South Florida. I was kicked out some of the better schools around Florida also that I didn't finish at. <laughs> um <laughs> got really into going to NASCAR races after I got out of college. DuPont hired me and moved uh, Sharon and I to uh, South Carolina. And uh, and we started going to the races up there in uh, 60, 68, 69, when the you know, real foundations of our, our sport were racing. Richard Petty, Cale Yarbrough, Allison, you know, uh, good guys. <clears throat> and uh, Hall of Famers. And uh, was a couple of years there and, and went to races in Charlotte, Rockingham, and Darlington and really enjoyed them. And uh, after uh, two or three years, I, we had to move back to Florida and uh, got into construction, supply business, concrete, block, steel, and started learning that trade. My, my dad had been in the road building business. And, and uh, so that kind of was what I wanted to do. And then in 1976, Sharon and I moved to New Mexico. We had a, a desire, and, and the Lord helped us move out there to get our business started. And uh, so in 78, we were able to start our business, 79, a WRL general contractor, which has now uh, been in business 40, going on 41 years this year. Uh, we're bills, schools, medical facilities, Anything commercial, um, so that has been our livelihood and, and breadwinner for 41 years. Okay. Uh, so we currently live part-time in East Texas, in, in Tyler, Texas. Uh, we're at our place in uh, Huntersville right now, and uh, which is about 15 minutes from the shop, and the rest of the time... We're either on airplanes, in cars, at racetracks, <laughs> or in my office in Tyler, helping my daughter. She's the VP of our construction firm. Run that business, so double duty. Okay, so you're you're in uh, South, or, uh, Carolinas right now? Yes, we're in Huntersville. Okay, you getting snow right now? It just stopped a minute ago. Started <laughs> with the shop. This afternoon, kind of slushy, sleeting about 1, one thirty, and by 3, you know, it started. So there's uh, not on the road because it's been pretty warm here. <laughs> uh, but there's some accumulating, depending on probably what area in, there's accumulating in the grass. And so uh, I think it's supposed to stop now for the rest of the night. Can't tell. Okay. You, you've <laughs> probably gotten more snow than we have this year, yeah, and we're up in New York. <laughs> Pine Island, New York. Yep, the onion capital of the world. <laughs> gotcha. I was like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. 
Eh, we're about an hour from the city, New York City. No one knows Pine Island. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe I'm, I will now go on my Google map and look it up. Nice. Man, I need to know. <laughs> You'll just see a lot of black open area of land. <laughs> that's that y'all? Yep, that's yeah, us. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately. <laughs> okay, so you, you made your money in construction. You, you, you did that. You did that for a long time now. And eventually, what? You, you were you grew up a NASCAR fan. Was Daytona one of your first races? Oh, here's here's another like little known fact. It wasn't until we LFR went there to race that I ever went to Daytona. Uh, one <clears throat> growing up, we were poor. Yeah, like I said, Dad was in highway construction and lived in a trailer in two or three different trailer parks a year, a school year, while he moved down the road building turnpikes and interstates. And uh, so we were, you know, trailer trash, as they call us. Hmm. And and then uh, I got a scholarship, played baseball, and, and went away to school, and, and so still didn't have any money. <laughs> uh, got hurt. I was a pitcher. Uh, my sophomore year, uh, scholarship was over. Sarah and I got married, and then I went to school full time and worked full time. So again, no money for NASCAR racing. So it wasn't until I really got to North Carolina and I got a real paying job with Dupont where we have enough money to go to a race. And back then, races really weren't that expensive. That we just uh, we're pretty poor in college. Okay. Yeah, I mean, back then there that was still in the era of the dirt track, so there there was a lot more even races throughout the year then. So you probably you were right in the probably the epicenter of where all the old school dirt tracks that aren't even in existence anymore are around, correct? Yeah, the old ones though went to, and they were all paved. I'm I'm sure you know Rockingham, Darlington. You know, I know Charlotte was. Mm-hmm. So I really don't have that much of a background until I started watching you know Christopher and, and Casey race the last several years you know watched on television and, and then going to one so my dirt background has been nil or small okay we're actually um, in our county there's actually one of the oldest continually running uh, dirt tracks so if they're ever on tour and you want to come up to uh, Orange County New York well, we'll, uh, well, we'd love to have you over here, and you can go see a dirt track race with us. <laughs> okay. Hello? Are you there? Uh, yep. <laughs> but, good. Thought we lost you there for a second. Nope. All right, so you sat there, you, um, you know, you became a fan of that. You eventually get into NASCAR, what year did that happen? What series did you start in? Who was who your drivers at that point? What really made this this ball start rolling? You know, probably my daughter really kind of got us back into it. <laughs> the year that Jimmy Johnson uh, was a rookie, she came to me and said, uh, Dad, you know, there's rookie. And, you know, think he's going to be pretty 
Yeah, right around there. It was actually, uh, speaking of which, um, it was the same year that him and Ryan Newman started, and uh, thank God Ryan Newman's doing okay. So. Yeah, praise the Lord for that. Yeah, I, I thought we should definitely get that that in there. But yeah, that was the same. They were both rookies in the same class. Okay. He just got released from the hospital, didn't he? Yep. Yeah. A, a long time, and uh, so started you know watching him, and she got more involved, and then and back in the year two thousand. My wife, Roberta, uh, bought me a driving experience at Texas Motor Speedway. And, and Sharon and I, Dr. Brent and his wife, went over and drove on a Sunday morning, you know, 10 laps. And, and uh, it was run by Mike Starr. And, you know, Mike's a really good guy. We became friends. And I, just the adrenaline rush, because I'm competitive. And the drilling rush in the car was unbelievable. And I kind of fell in love with it and started going back a lot of weekends, spending a lot of money doing 90-lap schools they would have on Sundays or Saturdays. And then he got to know me, and, and I, like a better term, drove pretty well. And he would, uh, you know, let me drive without an instructor. And then he would give me lessons on how to drive the track, how to feel the track, how to approach the, the corners and which one and one and then three and come out in four and, and two and just driving skills. And I really enjoyed that. And then he have a, a little chip in there they, they put in for everybody else. And I kept hitting the restrictor and uh, the sputter, and he got where he'd just take it out and send me out. And so I'd go as fast as I could go without scaring myself. Oh, okay, wow. And Texas ain't no joke. That's a that's a that's a fast track. Yeah, oh, it is. Uh, you know, I think looking at the tack and them telling me probably. 175, that's the guy, 180. All right. Uh, but, it, you know, the, the G's in the corner is really cool to me. It's just, it, you, you get so single-focused, you forget about business and all the other problems you got. You better be watching what you're doing. <laughs> and that's, you know, to me, that was enjoyment. You know, all the other triples out. And so I think I added up, you know, some years back when I stopped it, and I had like a thousand laps there running at his school. Hmm. And uh, I really loved that. And as it turned out, his nephew, David Starr, drove in the truck series. And he got to know David because David would come out every once in a while. And, and it, it, David was trying to get in the cup series and he would do a, a spin it back then it was the uh was it nationwide yeah yeah nationwide, nationwide back then <laughs> back then you know he was, he was doing nationwide 
nationwide. CO, Sharon and I, would we sponsored a truck race or two for David, our construction firm. And, uh, you know, just dabbled in it, went to a race. Uh, you know, came out for the nationwide, and the guy he was running with didn't have enough money to buy a new COT car, so <clears throat> Sharon and I agreed to buy the car, you know, and he would put our company on it, which in reality didn't help us because it was, you know, somewhere else. In fact, it was at Daytona. And uh, that's the first time her and I went to Daytona was to watch David <clears throat> run there in that with a COT car in the, in the Nationwide series. Okay. All my life, I just had never gone. And then the next time I went back is when LFR, we ran our first race there. And uh, that was either the second or third year we were in business because I wouldn't go the first year. Like, I will stay away from the <laughs> super speedway. <laughs> you know, I don't, <laughs> don't want to kill any cars. So uh, we stayed away, but that's kind of helped. I helped, tried to help David get a cup ride, and I couldn't. And one day was driving back from the lake and I, on Sunday in October, I believe, in 2010. And I said, you know, I, I believe I'm going to start a cup team for David to have a ride. And uh, long story short, <clears throat> flew up in, in November, December, up here in North Carolina, met with Roush Fenway, met with RCR, decided to do the Ford deal because it was a little cheaper, the engines, I knew the engines were good because they just come out with the, uh, uh, the new engines from Roush Yates. And uh, they were run a test, a few test races that year, and really did well in it. Uh, Carl Edwards did, so we went in that direction. <clears throat> didn't have a shop, didn't have no people, didn't have no crew chief. And in December of 2010, when I walked out after I'd made a deal with Roush, the gentleman that was handling me there was Scott Bowen and I just sat and asked Scott okay Scott by the way now that I made a deal with you I need a crew chief <laughs> anybody you know and he gave me a name called the gentleman from the parking lot by descent by uh, like second week in January I had him hired we went and found the shop he I get you know he already knew what my plan was we were gonna run try to run eight races and uh found a little cubby hole in a shop that uh, <laughs> that is the shop we're, total shop we're in now, but it was a, we rented a little space in the back enough to put two cars and a toolbox in. And that's where we started. We got our first car in March that year. Uh, it was David Reagan's backup car from Roush that we bought. <laughs> uh, once he got through with uh, Phoenix, we got the car, started working on it, and we, short, went to race in Texas in April, our very first race in 2011. Okay. Now, for, like, the casual fan that really doesn't know, you, you had the, the, the uh, technical alliance with them. What, is that, what does that really mean? 
when you're working with a with a like a big time, you know, Roush, uh, Childress, whoever, what what does the technical alliance mean? Just so that everyone understands. Yeah, it, it, it's the balls of this broad or balls of this tall. It's really, it all depends on your need and what you can afford. Time, uh, it really does. When we were with Roush, <clears throat> we bought our cars and parts from them and, you know, used parts <clears throat> over the used car place, parts place. And, uh, so we really had no alliance with them. It was just, they would, really didn't give us any setup information <clears throat> or anything like that. So for the first three years we was Roush and Ford, we were just a part-time team on our own. <clears throat> and you know, crew chiefs, talked to crew chiefs and our crew chief knew others and you know he knew setups and so you know we paid for nothing technical everything we bought for them was hard parts and pieces okay so it's just you're and, getting and secondhand stuff uh, right just regular vendor stuff okay then the next two years this takes us to our first our Five years of being part-time, we went with Penske because we were able to uh, do testing for them. So our car and our number was benefit because it gave them another car they could test with. Okay. <laughs> and so in that case, we got that information because we went and tested for them, you know, all their stuff. Uh, but our people went with their people. And so, again, we paid nothing for that if we traded out services. We got things, we got parts at a discount. So, you know, things like that, new stuff come out, new manifolds or pipes come out. <clears throat> we could use those and we give them back to them. It would, you know, help us run faster. Uh, we provided a benefit for them, you know, at the super speedways, because we gave them another in-house car to draft with. Okay. And, and, and so that was for two years there. And <clears throat> so the real, and, and that was a great relationship with people at Penske and Roger himself and Michael Nelson, just great folks. And, uh, I loved it, but, you know, they had their two cars, and, you know, they're not set up to mass produce or really have, have an alliance, or they weren't at the time, and then uh, the Woods Brothers decided, Lynn and Eddie, who were friends of mine, and I told them how much I really <laughs> enjoyed Pinsky, so they uh, approached them. And only they had, you know, money and backing from Ford. Mm -hmm. and, and so they took them on full time, uh, which would have been our sixth year, the year the charter came along. <clears throat> so that was what, 2016? 
Yeah, that would have been... 2000, starting 2016 was when we, the, the charter started. Yeah, because that would, I think, be Blaney's first year with them, wasn't it? Or, yes. Yeah. So they could not, they could not do us and them, you know, because it was just too much of a demand. Because we had to go full time. Wish Brothers was going full time, and they were going to take them. And then you know, Blaney. So <clears throat> Blaney went in the Woods car before them. So that was a great relationship there. So we were kind of, uh, we can do y'all part-time like we have been. We was, at that juncture, we was running 20-some, uh, 23, 24 races a year, <clears throat> which was fine with me because, you know, we were going along, we were paying for it. And the purses were, you know, enough to uh, cover. We, uh, yeah, we put in money, but it wasn't like we are now in the last five years. <clears throat> But charter thing changed things for us because charters were not given to part-time teams. Mm -hmm. And we got stuck, just like the Woods Brothers got stuck in that part-time team. So we started looking, I think it was like August, we went to the meeting and they said, uh, yeah, we're going to implement it next year and here's the ones who get them and here's the ones who don't. So we were in no man's land. Uh, at a, and by that time, we bought the shop, fixed it up, uh, had real money invested, and it was, okay, do we get out? <clears throat> do we try to find a charter and lease it? And uh, we worked out where we went that route because uh, Joe Falk, had a charter <clears throat> he had no he didn't have much of a shop so they combined with us with uh, Circle Sport Racing and LFR and he had a relationship with RCR so we swapped out it. And, and, and the 78 car who had been with RCR left and went to Toyota that year. <laughs> so then that's when RCR approached us. Hey, here's what we'll do. This is our, you know, this is a true alliance. Here's what you'll get, here's what you won't get. And so now we're talking about real money, 36 races, 38 mm -hmm. races. And we needed a charter to get where we were going to be paid halfway decently. So we made the commitment to do that. We had to pay for the the charter, and we worked that out by swapping some races with a Ty Dillon because Ty ran five races in the '95 car that year, mm -hmm. and uh, and then two of those races, so we put uh, <clears throat> we ran a second car, ran the '59 car with McDowell. <clears throat> So it was a hodgepodge in that first year. <laughs> and then, so the Alliance covers on that one information. We get information on their cars, setups, parts and pieces. You know, we still have to buy the parts and pieces, but you get information. We got wind tunnel information. So generally a technical alliance is you're buying technical information. So the move to the move to Childress really kind of 
brought you full in. You were you were all in at this point, and you got ten times more information. So it seems. Yes. Okay. Yes. And you know, ten times more cost. Yeah. <laughs> you know, about. And, and so you know, we were neck deep in it by that time. I was like, uh, yeah, we got to. Yeah, so when you you get Michael, you now have your full time team. You're you're established now, and the results start getting better and better. Um, like, what kind of changed with the attitude around the race shop? What 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 was the overall thing? Was it like we can actually do this? Was it you felt the momentum coming, or was were you still in that we're still learning, we're still trying to get there type of mentality? Yes, we were in that mode. You know, it was progression. I knew we were doing every every year. We were getting better. You know, when I get in it, when I got in it to help David, it wasn't, I want to go win races. It was helping somebody, you know, providing an opportunity. Okay. And then I, then I liked it. And I liked the competition of it. And, and, and it was real similar to building my our, our business in construction. I never worked for a general contractor when I started our business. And now we're one of the largest in East Texas. And I just learned on my own, did it figured it out, problem solved. And I looked at it that way of 
same way NASCAR. Things that held us back was two. One, money. You know, we didn't have any sponsor for over five years. Uh, you know, was trying to figure out the business. It was me learning it, asking questions, learning the ins and outs, and listening to people in the shop because I'm under cars. I like that. I, operations I enjoy. You know, the marketing of it, the sales of it, uh, not so much. Mm-hmm. I will, again, if I got to, but as far as really liking it, I like to see the parts and pieces. I was in the shop today, crawling over and looking at our, our uh, Montana car, our Phoenix car. <clears throat> so it's, I just like to see the hardware put together. You know, there's, it's amazing what they look like and how nice they look and spiffy and all painted up before you put it on the track. <laughs> and and uh, so that was the end I like. And so I learned. And so, yeah, it was me. Uh, no, we were not ready. In fact, the first year with RCR, we did not take their full, I call full package of services because I didn't have the engineers. We would have been overloaded with information and with nothing to implement. Your, your resources is your people. And so it, you've got to build not only the parts on the car, but you've got to build the resources, which are your human resources in the people. And so little by little, we've added, and, and, and you know, everybody in NASCAR who works in NASCAR wants to be competitive and be on a good team. So you have to, you have to get better if you're going to get better people. So little by little, and it, it was not an overnight thing. Um, so this is our, excuse me, this is our fifth year full time. So in our second year with, with Toyota. But we built and got better every year with RCR. We, we kind of hit a plateau there, and that's why I knew that we needed to do something different. Uh, you know, they were our mothership, and it's no secret that they weren't doing too well either. And so we looked at the opportunities, and uh, so we had a uh, you know, people, little better, better people, you know, Michael McDowell, you know, got better as he drove more, as he drove more often, you know, full-time, but he'd never been in a full-time car at that juncture, you know, been here and there, part-time, so Michael was a good asset to us, very dedicated, hard-working, you know, good guy, and, uh, but then, when I had the opportunity you know, to get a name in the car, you know, we had to take it and prove that we could give him a good car. And that was what I had the opportunity to get Casey. Yeah, now we're we're coming into this is this is a big move. This was a I remember watching it and this was like a big free agent pickup. You know, this was you know, at the trade deadline type of pickup, free agency pickup in regular sports, you pick up a race winner and a multiple race winner. I mean, he's got tons of wins, and Casey Kane comes to the team. What did that do? What kind of spark did that feel just like the first day at the at the shop? What did that do? 
your own people. <laughs> so it was, uh, you know, to start with, it was just a wild thought because, you know, Casey had just won Indy. And I believe it was on Monday that Rick made the announcement after he won that he was going to replace him next year. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, uh, you're right, right that week. Yes. And so it was, it was, I was, in fact, sitting here at the house, I don't know if it was on Monday night or Tuesday night, I sent Rick an email or a text, I can't remember. I said, hey, you know, uh, got any interest? I'm interested in talking to Casey. And the next morning, the shop got a call from Rick. Hey, you know, hey, let's talk. Okay. So Jeremy and I went over there. Their shop's about a mile and a half from ours. Yeah, I'll have So we went over, visited, and, and they says, hey, I think it will, you know, where y'all come from, where you're going. I think you'll be interested. And uh, here, you know, I'll tell him you're going to, you know, talk to him and see if he wants to. And I started uh, kind of, you know, Casey's quiet, you know. And, and we became, I still, you know, good friends. And we still, in fact, he uh, was texting me uh, during Daytona this year. Okay. And so, you know, we stay and, and, and communicate. But anyway, so it was, it was kind of ironic. We set up a, a luncheon and that week. It may have been Wednesday, Thursday. <laughs> and it worked out. Took him to lunch and... I can tell you, our very first, our third race we ran in 2011 was the 600, if you can believe it. We decided to run here the Coke 600. And because we didn't have to travel, it didn't cost us a lot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, go try the 600. And, you know, a lot of cars, you know, probably 47, 48, 49 cars. Make 43 spots then. <laughs> So we actually made the stupid race. And, uh, you know, I, I think it shocked our crew chief. <laughs> we made that year our first four races that we tried, missed the last four races. And by the first four, I got very competitive, so I was very distraught the last four that we didn't make, and the last one being in Texas at, at our home track. So it was like, I, I've got to get better. I you can't do this. But anyway, so 600. And uh, took Casey to lunch, and we were visiting, and I started off, you know, shooting the bull, and I said, oh, by the way, our third race, uh, David Starr gave him the date. You know, he's looking on his head. I said, I don't know what, what lap was or whatever, but you had tried for about eight or ten laps to pass him, and we were several laps down. And he wouldn't get out of your way. So you decided to put him in the wall in turn four. <laughs> and we were done for the night. You know, and, and Casey kind of, you know, looking at me like, where's this going? <laughs> and I said, you know what? I'd have done it a whole lot fewer or sooner laps than you let him run in front of you. <laughs> and then he smiled, you know, I said, so, hey, man. I would have done the same thing. Uh, so we just uh, visited, and I really don't know. 
dogs. He, I, you know, he had to be talking to others, I'm sure. Uh, so I just kept talking to him. Hey, we want you. We want you to come here. You know, if, if next year, here's what we're going to do. All about you. And, uh, you know, just you be concentrated on here, not four other, you know, three other teams. Sales pitch. So I was doing the best he could sell. He decided, you know, and so everybody in the shop was excited, you know, for the, you know, following year. In fact, the day I went to lunch with Casey, like I said, it happened that week after Indy. Um, Michael was in, McDowell was in the shop, and we passed out of stock to say, hey, need to tell you this just so, you know, rumors get around NASCAR. You know, it's just like a beauty shop. You know, it's just put them in there, then they're going to be out on the street. I said, so you will know we're talking with Casey for next year. You know, full disclosure. Um, just don't lie. <clears throat> so don't know what. When I know something, I'll tell you. And he appreciates that. You know, Michael is always friend, still is a friend, one of my best friends. And so it it worked out. So, uh, you know, Michael went to uh, Front Row the next year. And we got Casey in. And, you know, we had a new crew chief for him. And so we upgraded and, and with the, you know, Alliance, um, with the full deal alliance with RCR and uh, new car chief and added some people and uh, we got a car got a, a car chief from uh, Hendricks and uh, they said they thought he'd make us a, a good crew chief and uh work out and I don't remember what race it was in but I made a change during the middle of the year it's probably the first third of the year uh, because Casey it just wasn't working with Casey and I promised Casey as you know the people here that looked after him and so uh, and then later on the year when at uh, Darlington Casey had his medical issue and so the year didn't really go the way we wanted to go with what we thought we had for that year so a very disappointing year on what we thought was going to be a building year and uh, so we were plotting through because we we promoted our engineer lead engineer to crew chief and uh, so he was learning so Casey was very patient at some good races every once in a while, you know, some complete disasters. But then at Darlington had a good race, and he, he came up and, you know, fell out at the end of the race after he got out of the car. And <clears throat> so bad that we couldn't put him back in the car next week and then never were able to put him back in the car, you know, put Regan in. But during that time, that year, because we weren't happy with where we are. We're, what we were getting with Chevrolet and, and, and no real help, we got a lot of information, but it wasn't like the help we get now 
from Toyota and JGR. You know, looking back on it, it was it was it was just didn't work. You know, some things work, some things don't. So I'm not going to throw stalls because they're a great organization, and you know, we're just a a new guy on the block. <laughs> but it didn't work for us the way we wanted to put it together. So in first of that year, Casey's year being here, we had said to ourselves amongst Michael and Jeremy and I, hey, let's go talk to Toyota and see if they're willing to talk to us. We put Casey in a good Toyota for the next year. You know, we'll get one or two more years, you know, probably before he wants to retire and just do his dirt. So let's go that route. So it was like March, I think, excuse me, April. In April of uh, year four last, we met with Toyota at Texas Motor Speedway, our first meeting. And this is kind of big because they were coming off of Truex winning a, a title. Right. You know, I mean... Truex, you know, 78 car was still in the mix. That was their fifth car. And, and I knew they had an engine, one more engine program that they had run on the 77 car. Which was Eric Jones who went to... Exactly. Yeah. Which had then came back to Gibbs. Yep. So we knew they had that engine sitting so we wanted to be the first one to get to to get the engines. If they would, because it, it's a process. You know what I mean? It, it is a interview process. And so, in fact, it was kind of cloak and dagger who was at Texas Motor Speedway meeting in their coach with jackets covering up our Chevrolet gear and uh, who we were going in there to visit for hours at a time. And uh, that continued on, like, you know, told the process of here's what we do, here's what we provide, engines, TRD, engineering, technical data, and, you know, here's what you'll get. We'll talk about money later once we get to know you. And that was a big deal with them is getting to know us, which I like because I really do like building relationships. And... Uh, then that, and they said, if it goes well, sometime, three months or so, or two months or so, we will say, okay, because this is what we provide. You will buy your cars from JGR. They build chassis, bodies, parts, and that's where you'll get your cars. So if you and them can't come to agreement, then we won't come to agreement. It'll be a trilateral deal. Okay. So at a point in time, I mean, we'd talk at almost every race to get away and talk and, and visit and, you know, got to know them. And Jeremy told me one day, well, guy says, you know, those guys, before we even doing anything, it spent more time with us than any other manufacturer has in, in the five years that time, eight years, eight years that we've been with other manufacturers uh, because they really want to know what you're about, what your goals are, what you want to try to achieve, because it's simple with them. They want to win. And they want somebody who wants to win, 
first class. And, you know, I didn't know if we could afford it or not, but it was, it was going to be a struggle if we did. And uh, so we went through that process, and we then they told us around the 1st of May, middle of May, uh, okay, we're satisfied. Now y'all start talking with JGR. We had our first meeting with them the uh, 600 weekend that week, a couple times over at their place and their whole, everybody from top down. Uh, visiting with them, asking questions, giving us information. And so it was very enlightening and we started building, Coach and I started talking and talking on the phone and have meetings and visiting while our guys met with their people, you know, and, and so it was very, uh, yeah, it was a very methodical process, which I like. I'm a process type person. You do this and this and this and this. And, and then, uh, so we liked it. And uh, we approached, I don't know, September, October, we finally signed the deal and, you know, knew what we were going to do for last year. And, uh, but during that process, we go back to June in Sonoma, we had visited their engine, TRD engine down in California, down there, LA, where they put them together, walked through the engine factory and Casey went with us because we were planning on Casey being in the car with Toyotas. So, you know, I hadn't given him what I promised that year, but I was dang well going to do it with Toyota. You know, and, and he was excited. You know, he was really excited, and we were excited. And, and that was the, you know, before we knew the medical issue and had the medical issue after that. And then it was okay, you know, now what? I uh, you know who we're gonna put in the car because we hadn't been looking. So we started, you know, talking and asking and, you know, as, as soon as Casey made his announcement at Bristol on that Friday, you know, at the media center, I knew what was going on because he had told us that week, and we had a two-year contract laid on my desk that we'd agreed to with his his guy and agent, and then he called and says, you know, I, I uh, you know, he was, he was going to retire. And uh, so, okay. I mean, it was it was like five minutes later in, in the MPLA at Bristol. Matt came up to me. He went and a Guido. Bob, I, I can make you better. I can drive for you. I know I can. And Matt and I had been talking for a couple of years because he would stay in touch. He would call me at night. Would shoot the bull. Hey, you know, I, I, you know, McDowell. I know he's in your car, but you know, if you ever want to make a change, I really like to drive for you. And, uh, and I, you know, never promised him, hey, you know, we're really happy, Matt, you know, you got a ride, you know, so, so forth and so on. But at that time, when he came 
came up to me, I says, yeah, we're going to fuck you, man. It's all good, bud. You're going to be, we're going we're gonna to talk to you. <clears throat> so, you know, we talked to him and, and some others, Daniel Hamrick. Uh, once we found out that Daniel was not going to come back to JGR, they helped us talk to Daniel. Swarovski. Yeah, we were two Daniel that you Daniel Swarovski and Daniel Hamrick. <laughs> and uh, you know, we thought we had a deal with uh, Daniel Hamrick, but it didn't work out. And uh, well, we didn't have a deal. We even talked to one of our sponsors. <clears throat> Uh, agreed to everything, had the contract done, we had signed it, and uh, he got, you know, he was approached by RCR about staying, and because uh, I think Newman had announced that he was leaving, and they were in a panic, and so Richard went and, and uh, you know, Put a lot of pressure on him and took him out, took him out for my interest. That, you know, that's all I can say. Oh, okay. So, so it, it was, in fact, I remember it was, it was in Richmond, and, and Jeremy and I were sitting at my house that day, and uh, he was at, at, uh, up at the track practicing, and so it uh, just didn't work out. Obviously, we were disappointed. Daniel was disappointed because we're, we're still friends and, and visit a lot. And, you know, he's, we're able to go to two car one day, he may be in the mix. So, uh, it, that's when, you know, worked out for, uh, Matt. You know, I knew Matt all along could drive a car because I watched him in the 32 car, watched him drive and, and, uh, so we decided, we, I talked to Ross Chastain, and I just felt Ross had an opportunity. There's Stuart Haas, where it was, to, you know, to drive over there before the, uh, uh, the solar panel deal went south. So, you know, he was fixed, and so I really felt, hey, we can help Matt, and I believe he can help us. And We decided on Matt. I mean, yeah, he... I can remember the, the whole t- time hearing about things like this and, you know, they always called him like, you know, like the hard luck kid. He was always hustling. He was always trying to do stuff, kind of a fan favorite, you know, at the track, things like that. And, but he, he was an underdog and he was unproven. And I mean, did that kind of scare you since you went from having, you know, a winner in Kane and a winner in uh, Regan to going to essentially this unproven guy? Did that, that kind of make you nervous or did you really see a, something in him? I really saw something in him, you know, did the all-season. I didn't, no, I guess probably I was more anxious to get him in the car to prove that he could than I was apprehensive. Because I really believe the young man could drive a car. And, you know, and it's proven he, he can. But, you know, but also know, knew that he was an underdog. And we have been. You know, I don't, I don't mind being the underdog. We still are. And so it's like, okay, 
we kind of we really match up very well. You know, we both got something to prove, and we're gonna go after it. And I know Matt will go all after it, <clears throat> but I also knew he hadn't driven anything, you know, as, as good as what we came out of at RCR, and now we're upgrading. And, and there is a bit of a difference driving, way you drive it, way you handle it, and so it. And with all the tools that we had, the SMT and all the other things that the engineer could have with, which he hadn't used before. He didn't have it. Exactly. So it was a process. And, uh, but we still, you know, obviously we, we broke out, go to Daytona. We've been very fortunate. We've had really good super speedway cars the last several years. And, you know, uh, we've been fortunate and had good cars. Unfortunately, we ain't finished a lot. Well, that, that's always a crapshoot at Daytona. <laughs> and, and, well, all four two speedways last year, July Daytona is the only one we finished. Hmm. And we've, ridden, we, we've been running up front all four of those races and finished one of them, and that was, what, eighth or ninth in, in Daytona. Yeah, because didn't Matt lead the most laps at the 500 last yeah, year? Yeah, the 500 last year. We led the most laps. Yeah. And so, I mean, with eight to go, we're there. And his, his buddy who he's driving the car with now uh, got a little antsy and pushed us on the wrong corner and turned us and killed 20 cars. Yeah. <laughs> so, I got him back. I sent him over there. <laughs> so... The beginning of the year, it was you had some good finishes here and there, but then yes. it really Sonoma kind of turned the page for right in that middle of the season. You start clicking off great races, and you're almost there for the win. I mean, you have a fourth place, an eighth fa- place, fifth, sixth, second, eighth. You had great finishes right there. Did did it? Did you feel you were right on the cusp then, or what was what was the say the attitude at that point? When you're really starting to, it's clicking. Everything's gelling. Finishes are coming. Everything's looking good. What what did that What did that do? Well, we we felt the speed off and on in the first of the year, and we had bad luck. Part of it we contributed to. You know, Daytona we did nothing wrong. We were in the wrong place, wrong time, in front of the pack. Um, others we would have good speed. You know, something would happen. We blew an engine. We we had a in in Phoenix with just a few laps to go. We we had a uh, blower duck off the generator. A, a tie come off of it, overheated the generator, shut it down. We didn't finish. Or we finished way back in the 30s, well, coasting around. Um, so everything, you know, we'd have speed. Couldn't get there. Have speed. Working on the setups with Matt. We hit some of them, not hit some of them. It really started. It didn't show it. It was the race before Sonoma. Was it all? Was it all Chicago? Michigan. Michigan. Yes. We showed good speed at Michigan. We didn't finish well, but we felt really good, and I think that gave us some momentum going to Sonoma. And uh, so we got there, cars good, you know, setup's good, qualified pretty decent, and 
watch at Sonoma, watching it start a few laps. Then I go up on the hill, and I found a spot over the years where I can stand and watch about 75 or 80% of the track from there. Hmm. And got to stand, because you can't place to sit. <clears throat> but it's really a cool place to watch. Watch most of the race up there, and as we get... You know, I don't remember how many laps it was, but I walked down and got on the pit box, and then to watch us knock off the good cars one by one and passing them, you know, the four, the 88, the 48, you know, it then was, uh, you know, it was going, hey, ours pretty good. And, you know, we got up to the top three, and like, no, we, we can't catch those cars. They're just better than we are. We may could have got the one in front of us. I don't remember if it was the 42, but we may could have with two or three more laps, but the one the one and two was gone. So that, you know, everybody gets to lift off of those. And then, you know, Matt did, and, you know, then the other ones, you know, New Hampshire was good. And, and obviously, uh, <laughs> Bristol was, was good. <clears throat> and that was the first time I can recall on that Thursday was at the shop and uh, Michael, my grandson, was bringing me to the house and turning out the car and uh, he said, you know, I think this is the first time I've ever felt confident that we're taking a car that can win Bristol to the track. And I looked at him and said, really? Because he's very conservative. You know, don't predict. I says, really? He says, yeah, I think our Bristol car is that good. Okay. And, you know, and I didn't blow it off. I went, okay. You know, they're, they're around them all week and under and no and film and and uh, simulator. And so they know or, you know, have the potential. Well, obviously we did have the potential. Um, obviously... We didn't get there, <laughs> but you've got to do, and you've got to climb the ladder and get close to winning before, and know how to win and lose, and before you can win. So I think that really was a boost, and fortunately for both of us, because that Monday, yeah, that Monday I had to. Tell Matt that he wasn't coming back in the car, you know, for this year. And uh, so that was a very difficult week for us and for him <clears throat> and for us on social media. You know, it was just, you know, it was mad popular. Mm-hmm. That was not a popular decision, and I, you know I could not tell, or you know what wasn't public why, what we were doing, who we were getting, what was going to be because the deal wasn't finalized then, and, and so uh, it was just we're not picking up the option. So that brings us oh, into this year. Go ahead. I mean, I, I look at this as you know you picked up Casey Kane big big thing there and now you're getting three of probably the best young prospects out there with um reddick you have custer and you have bell 
you kind of know where they're going. And, you know, with uh, respects to Cole and to uh, Tyler, Christopher is kind of doesn't have a, a seat because essentially JGR has all four of their drivers. What was there like optimism at that point that this could happen or was this an off season type of thing? How did this all come to fruition?
Okay. So it worked out very well for Matt. You know, he got a great ride. Those guys are good people to work for. Eddie and Linwood, and a great organization tied in with Penske. Uh, but you know, we feel we're working up towards that also because second half of the year, last year we ran with them and, and, and finished ahead of them a lot. <clears throat> so we knew we could do that. And our program has stepped up this year with additional things that we couldn't afford last year with you know, us having to pay for a larger majority of our racing. This year we're paying for less for it. We still are, but we're still selling also. Okay. So, you know, getting Christopher was in the long range plans, but it was a crapshoot because so many things had to fall in line. Because if JGR and the coach don't sign Eric Jones last year, there's Christopher's spot. And you kind of have to hand it to Eric because if it wasn't for that win, you know. Eric getting the win. Yep. Help solidify Eric, you know, know, because he's a good driver. You know, he did second place, second place. Man, poor kid. So that win helped us. Oh, yeah. So that was a godsend. One of the few times that I wanted somebody else to win besides us. (laughs) So, and, you know, because I want him to stay there because he's a good driver. It's really difficult, and that's one thing we, we didn't have problem with, Casey. Taking a driver from a large organization down to a single car, smaller organization is very difficult. You know, they're used to a lot of things. And with Casey, it didn't bother him. He, he, you know, he liked our shop, liked hanging out, liked the guys. And, uh, you know, Casey's quiet anyway. So, got along very well uh, you know and and so yes we go back to where we started we the second half we had some very good runs and I would have loved to continue that with Matt and our enhanced alliance program that we have with Toyota this year <clears throat> that would possibly even make you better and, uh, you know, along with Christopher, that would have been a great pair uh, of cars to have. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you look at it, that the JGR and the Alliance there, that is a, that's a stacked, that's a stacked team. Yeah, I mean, it, it was no accident they won 19 races. Uh, you know, you don't by accident win 19 races. No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy, isn't it? I mean, that's... It's going to be hard for them to do that this year, I think. And, and they haven't got any worse. It's just... They've gotten better. <laughs> and especially when we want to win one. At least. <laughs> so it's, Toyota's that good. And they're engineering. And they're driven. They're focused. You know, detail-oriented. Just the same things we are. And, and that's why it fits so well. And so we look forward to continuing getting better we we only added from our crew that we got together last year driver ratliff and one underneath mechanic everybody else 
themselves in the shop is the thing. So we have been we have built one at a time the quality of people that we've got from other big teams who contacted us who wanted to come over and work. It's just a different family atmosphere. They work hard, they work diligent, but you know, they know everybody. We're able to go around, pat them on the back, you know, shoot the bull with them, they get their job done, and it's fun. That's difficult when you got six or eight hundred people. Oh, I can only imagine. <laughs> now, I got 30, so. <laughs> now, Bell is the youngest driver you have ever had. I mean, he seems like a quiet kid. You know, we've heard that from interviews and things along those lines. But what kind of youthful feel does he bring to the team? Excited. I mean, I, he, I saw him yesterday, came through. No, I'll say it. I, after Daytona, I drove straight through here to back home seven hours because my, Michael, our VP of Racing Operations and grandson, they were uh, expect our family was expecting, so drove back here to be close by. And uh, <clears throat> went in the shop, came and got here uh, at three, got to bed at four, slept at seven, got up, went to the shop. Uh, he came in, man, like he was, you know, had one Daytona. Took my hand, hey, Bob, how are you? Walked through the engineering office I was sitting in, straight out, said, I got to go out and sit in my Vegas car. That's what the people love about him. He'll go and sit in that car for an hour. Hmm. Just get the feel of it. And then he was at the sim yesterday, simulator, and, and uh, he's, he's uh, diligent. Uh, gets along with the guys. He, with the guys, not in front of a camera, he's fun to be around. And the guys love that because they're racers. They want to race well. They want our race team to do well because that's why they're here. It, it, you know, they feel good walking through the garage and they feel good putting the cars together. And, and that's my job is after a race, even after Daytona, come back and pat them, hey guys, go back to assembly and great cars, great cars, nothing we did. Y'all put together a great car and have been appreciated. And, you know, that goes a long way. Okay. Now, Bell's won on all types of tracks. I mean, obviously it was an Xfinity and, and truck. But what what do you think with your program right now would be his best fit for doing exceptionally well, if not a win? Would it be a short track, a, a super speedway, mile and a half, or a road course? What, what do you think is your strong suit for the car building right now? You know, I really, in all honesty, I do not feel, because I, I, I felt certain tracks last year for Matt. I thought our mile-and-a-half program was not, and, and he had some difficulty with the package, getting used to it. You know, we were, we struggled on the mile-and-a-half. Look at, look at what we did. I'm looking forward to this weekend in Vegas because I really believe you know, our mile and a half will be good. Uh, but I also know, you know, Phoenix, Christopher's uh, done a great job in Phoenix. You know, he loves that track. I think, you know, he loves all of it. 
what did he say last year? You know, he, he didn't like it, and road courses weren't good to him. And what did he do? They, he wanted Road America, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, what's the track that he's really, I would say, not tickled about? <clears throat> Super Speedways. And I know why. It's less about the driver. It's more about luck, right place, right time. Mm-hmm. You got a got a decent car, you can go run and right place, right time, finish finish the race. And we've proven that. You know, we ran, we had a good car, <laughs> it didn't work out. And after the duels. Matter of fact, he says, okay, I'm ready for Vegas. Hmm. So it was like, okay, I run uh, two speedways, I'm ready to go to Vegas. <laughs> well, I don't know if there is, you know, maybe a better question for Christopher, but he's going to do well on the all the tracks. I think he's going to do well on the road course. You know, the more he drives them, because he's never been to Sonoma. So that's going to be a challenge for us. Mm-hmm. You know, can we get there, you know, and, and be respectful? Oh, absolutely. You know, because he's just a technician. He learns so fast and he picks things up so fast. I'm, I'm amazed sitting listening to him, talking to the his crew chief, engineers, uh, cop director, you know, all involved. And, and I stood real close and listened to Daytona because I, I like those conversations to help them with it if they need help but man they didn't need my help it was the dialogue was amazing direct all about business and he picked I mean I could see the difference in him from the first day on the track at practice on Saturday to the, in the day of uh, first day of practice after the duels it was like wow and after the duels he texted me Bob Hey man, I will be better. I learned a lot tonight, and I got it. I'm getting better at the super speedways. We'll be better. And so he wanted to, you know, cheer me up with, "Hey, I got this. I'm going to be better. I learned a lot." Never, you know, he's always saying, "Hey, I, I learned a lot. I like this." So I, I can't name a track that wouldn't be fair to him to put the pressure on him. But <laughs> it's just he has the tools to win any track. Whenever, whenever we're good enough to put a car under him to win, and I think uh, you know this weekend he's going to have a good car underneath him, and we'll see how it goes. Oh, he definitely seems to be a student of the game. I mean, definitely knows you know he's a wheel man. You know, he can do it. So that's why I don't like to limit him. It's like Kyle. What you know tracks is, is Kyle good at? Or Martin, you know, pretty much any track. Oh yeah, because they're a student of it, and that's you know that's what Christopher wants. I mean, and then the whole process of talking to him about coming over here is, hey, I want to you give me a car as good as the eighteen, and I want to go beat Kyle. That was his mentality. So you can't knock a kid who wants to go beat the best. Uh, you know, I think it's great. 
not learning, but he also knows, you know, he, he's, he, he learns, he's got talent, and he doesn't shy away from that. You know, doesn't, you know, obviously you can tell he doesn't brag about his talent. You know, very humble young man, which is, but, you know, he, he can talk about it and still be humble, which ain't bragging. And I like that. Oh, yeah, he definitely seems to be that way. Now, speaking with him, how mad was he that he lost the uh, the Chili Bowl this year? <laughs> you know, I would say disappointed. You know, I, I Sarah and I were up there. We went up Saturday and, and uh, Friday and Saturday to watch him. Stayed there with him in his hauler and, and met all his folks and his team. They're really great folks and boats. And, and, and so, anyway. And he started, you know, I could tell the change in his disposition a couple hours before his race on Saturday night. You know, it, it changed. It changed. During the day, you know, he took us down, walked us on the track, talks about the moisture in it, how it changes, how it affects the grip, how the car's running on it, just things that I didn't know. And it was like, wow, this is really cool. <laughs> but very talkative. Two hours or so on, he was in zoned in watching the cars run. Student. Okay, so he's a gamer. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So, afterwards, came back to the hauler, and I was there, and, and he kind of came up behind me. Our president of the Far was there, Jeremy, came up to Jeremy and said, hey, where's Bob? And, you know, turned around and saw him and walked over to him. The first thing he did was, Man, I'm sorry, Bob. And it's like, I said, Christopher, you know, what'd you do wrong? Now, you know, nothing. I just, well, you ain't got nothing to be sorry about for me, but you drove your heart out today watching this beat. You, know, you beat him previous three years. So you have nothing to be ashamed of. So he felt ashamed, sorry he didn't win. Disappointing, so not mad. And, uh, you know, he's kind of like me. Come Monday morning, life goes on, and we got something else that we got to go do. Okay. You didn't get the chili bowl flu, did you? You know, (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of strange you should ask that. No, I got the flu. I didn't know I had it. (laughs) But, because we uh, drove back. We put Jeremy on an airplane back to here on Sunday morning early, drove back to East Texas, <clears throat> about five hours to our place, got ready, uh, and on Monday night, on Monday in the office, Monday night, went over to our condo at Texas Motor Speedway, flew up here on Tuesday, because I was, we were only up there Friday and Saturday, and I don't, I don't think, and I never noticed any of that, but with all the people up there and shaking hands... <laughs> I did, you know, got the chest, the, what they would call the chili bowl flu. <laughs> Felt crappy at the at the shop all week long. Had interviews, lost my voice. <laughs> I had a, had a, a, a videotaping we were supposed to do at the shop. We had to cancel that for two days. Finally got that done. Flew home the following week. I, I'm resting. I'm still not better. Went 
went to the doctor. I said, you know, hey, I think I got chest cold. Just, you know, give me something to help me with it. And he was convinced, no, you don't have the flu. Any fever? No, never had a fever. And uh, his nurse said, we need to test him anyway. <laughs> okay, test him. So they do the swab, go test it, come back. That's a type A flu. <laughs> I could only imagine. If if y'all haven't been, you gotta go. One of my mom's old co-workers goes every year, and he he loves it. He's been going there for probably decades now, but... Yeah, he he talked about that, and it was funny listening to him about it. Yes, you know, I heard about it also, because somebody said, No, I I didn't get the chili bowl flu. I got sick, but I don't think it was a chili bowl flu. (laughs) I just shook somebody's hand probably up there and was around... I mean, people's all around. You push your cars through to get them on the track. It's just a home. Everybody's hometown. Good old people go racing. And beer drinking breaks out. Oh, there we go. That's what we're all about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't do that in the cup garage. So we can't think about that. Now, speaking of that, do you go to every race? Probably 75 to 80% of them. Okay. So it's, and, and in fact, the first one I'll miss this year is Homestead. Man, I, I don't think I miss another one. I don't even have a race plan that I plan on missing right now, except Homestead. <laughs> it's just like on uh, Saturday, I'll fly on the plane out to uh, Las Vegas. Just, just for the race on Sunday, then fly back Sunday night after the race. Then we'll be here Monday, and I go to go back to te- uh, Texas because then the end of uh, the next weekend we fly to Fontana, stay out there through Phoenix, and you know then we're in, then we're going. So there's not a race that I want to miss. Uh, when I knew I had to miss one, it was okay. I don't have to go to Homestead. Okay. So what would you consider your favorite track and maybe your least, least favorite track? Can I give you co-favorites? That's fine. It's hard to discern. Bristol has always been my favorite. And then when we started going out to, pulling out to uh, Sonoma, I love that track. Bristol and Sonoma. And if I have to do favorites, I like a lot of them, but Bristol and Sonoma are two favorites. Okay. You're going to get me in trouble, aren't you, asking my leader? <laughs> we, do, we do this to all the people we interview. Thank we, you very much. I don't feel so bad now. <laughs> so, you want my least favorite? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it seems like 
we get, you know, it's just strung out. Well, two reasons, you know, strung out, and we haven't ever done well. So, you know, you kind of gravitate to where, you know, you've done pretty good. Okay. And uh, and so nothing particular other than that is the, the racing I like, as you can tell with Bristol, you know, excitement all the time with the cars. Oh, absolutely. And so Bristol, and, and then obviously the road courses, there's always something going on. Although... Man, we didn't have many cautions at Sonoma, did we? As best I remember. No, that that was it. Was a pretty clean race, it seemed. Yes, amazing. Uh, so strategy kind of went out if, if you planning on a pit stop or a caution. Okay. Now, I know this is maybe an unusual question, but what's the best atmosphere to track? Um, we've 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 spoken with a few drivers in the past. Obviously, you always hear the the stories of Talladega. And, you know, Michigan was actually one that they said, you know, the infield gets kind of crazy. For an overall experience, where where, where is your favorite, you know, where you can kind of relax, sit back, maybe crack a beer? What, what would you consider the best atmosphere? Well, one, <coughs> I don't, don't do that in the garage. <laughs> but if we go in, because we're still putting our money in uh, race cars and, we just bought a Hawkeye, have our own Hawkeye this year, which is really, really we feel is up in our game because that, that those things are amazing to get your car dialed in as close as you can. So, park, go in, stay at the hauler all day, then go to the hotel. Okay. So, man, so that's a tough question for me because I've never done... And of all the time we've gone to Talladega, never done the infield after practice. We leave and go chill, go to the hotel, put our shorts on or whatever, then have a beverage. <laughs> uh, I don't stay at the track because I've been there since probably close to daylight, but uh, you're making me think now. <clears throat> Okay. It's difficult, you know, we don't get to park inside like we used to. We had to park out and come through the tunnel and, you know, we have a golf cart that picks me up. But, you know, just the people in there walk around and watch them, you know, and they have restaurants and beverage areas and the folks can come over right up to the front of our cars, little chain link fence, where they can from there beverage area and restaurant area they can come over watch us work on the car go in and out of practice and stay out of our way and they have big tv screens up there that shows the driver shows the record and things about him on the tv screen so all that's you know kind of cool and uh so i'm going and really trying to look at it from a fan perspective because if you really want to know the one I really enjoy from my perspective is Texas Motor Speedway. Um, because as soon as practice over, I'm debriefed, get in the golf 
car to go up to our condo on the, on the seventh floor and sit down and look over the track and watch all the people. All right. And as we host sponsors and guests up there from LFR and WRL, our construction company, so I can relax. I don't have to go in and out of the track. It's a three-bedroom, full glass, all glass on the front, floor to ceiling. So it's really nice down, step-down viewing area. And so that's my nice entertainment area. <clears throat> I can sit and watch the Xfinity race after on Saturdays after we get through. And so I like that. Okay. But, but for the... You know, I'll even go say the fans' perspective. I think they've done a nice job with the new in the Phoenix area. And, uh, you know, Sonoma's nice if you want to walk up and down the hill. It's pretty cool. It's where they let people. But, uh, you know, Michigan, I, I never saw any of what you're talking about. I guess I, I go to spend time in the garage and the hauler and the lounge with the crew chief and engineers and so I guess I miss a lot of that alright now before you you know you had your guys you know your drivers who was your favorite all time driver oh man I think the first well one of the first ones I started watching was Richard Petty okay you know I go I visit with Richard you know all the time and and, and about Back then, and uh, me, when we, I got out of college, he was, you know, driving, and, uh, man, you know, Richard Petty was the thing, and I like Cale Yarborough. <laughs> you know, he seemed like a, you know, tough guy, and I liked that. He was, you know, rugged. Yeah, rough around the edges. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, 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 you know, I like that. I come from the country, and, and pulling wrenches, and working on things, and equipment, so, you know, he's kind of that. So, you know, probably those two. All right. Now, obviously, you know, Texas probably holds a, a special place in your heart. Is that the track that you want to win most at if, if you had the chance to win? Is that the track you want or is there a different one? No. The first one that the good Lord decides for us to win is the one I want to win at. <laughs> I don't want to wait for Texas to come up. <laughs> You know, in April or November. <clears throat> I hear that. But if it's Pocono, I'll be there watching. So I'll be cheering on for you. Hey, <laughs> we gave you two, choice, two chances then, won't you? Oh, I, I cannot wait for that. That five races in two days, I already told my wife to just put me on a milk carton because I'm going to be missing. <laughs> okay, well, that's cool because I've had several people ask me, hey, where should I go this year? I said, well, you know, have a bend, various ones. I said, if it is me. Even though I've been there, you know, Pocono's a really cool track. It's, it's it's different racing, but man, you get two cup races for the price of one this year. Oh yeah, and it's going to be heck for us to for cars to run two races. Oh, definitely. But it's got to be fun for the fans, and they've done a great job. And I hate that Pocono wasn't one of my favorites, but it, it, I enjoy it. They've done a great job of going out to. Well, you know how it is. They're all small communities around. There's no big community. Oh no, it's in the it's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And, and so they've gone out to those communities and, and so 
tickets and recruited. And, you know, we've had good crowds there. And I think it's going to be better this year. Oh. And I'm looking forward to, like Daytona was, sold out. Yeah. And, and that's pretty cool. So, yeah, Pocono's a great race to come to. You know, great venue. You know, <clears throat> Rose getting into it, as you know, are a little challenging. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and maybe more so getting out. That's why I just sit in the I sit in the uh, parking lot and just drink beers and smoke cigars till everyone clears out. <laughs> <laughs> that may not be a bad idea, but I don't think I can handle a cigar. <laughs> uh, not ever been in a smoker like uh, I would get sick. <laughs> now, you're you're in the garage a lot. You you get to see a lot of the drivers. Who do you think is the most funniest driver, the most serious driver, and the most competitive driver? Mm-hmm. Out of the current lineup, who do you think has those qualities? If you have to give them superlatives of the funniest, serious, and most competitive. Most, man, there's, there's, there's well, several that's really competitive. Man, I hate to, but I know this maybe because of being around their organization. Uh, Uh, that, that always seems to be probably everyone's consensus on that one. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he's intense. Everything you want. He's, uh, you know, no nonsense. He studies it. He knows his cars. You know, he's been under his trucks. And, I mean, he knows them. He's hands off. You know, it's not just he goes and drives on Sundays. But he, you know, he knows it. Knows how it's feeling and driving. So... I would say Kyle for the you know most intense. Uh, what else, what other category we have? We had the most funniest. Just we we laugh at him. I mean, we ran a skull and crossbone in Phoenix. 
the old black car, right? Yes. That was Scott's idea. <laughs> I mean, he came to pop. Let's do this. And, I mean, he was crazy funny. So I really believe that Michael didn't have that cinema about Scott because he really had to work with Scott. <laughs> <laughs> you know, loved him. You know, every one of our drivers was loved to death. And that's the cool thing about it. We built those relationships. And it was Scott. And, uh, you know, David Starr, Michael McDowell is still a great friend. And, and uh, you know, Regan, Casey, uh, you know, Resource, and, you know, great guys. But I have to go by, you know, for us and, you know, funny, Scott and Michael McDowell. Okay. Well, that's pretty much wrapped up all of our questions for you. Um, I mean, is there anything that you want to uh, throw out as, you know, for sponsors? You know, you, you can be the driver this time. Who who should we all, uh, any companies we should look into? You know, hey, you know, Procore has been with us. It's their third year, and our construction company, you know, has utilized their construction software for years, six, I believe, now, and, great organization relationship organization and, and uh they're back with us this year so really they were at daytona last weekend and have raced this year and our, our new you know major one this year with i believe 20 races is ream and ream's a great organization you know obviously you've seen them on christopher's car the 20 car and xfinity and they were happy wanted to move up with him and have met those folks and great folks you know, they do a great job at the track, bringing in their distributors, you know, from around the area at the track. I know we're talking about Pocono. They do a great job, and I believe they have a suite there. So, Ream is a great company to do business with. And we have, like I was saying earlier, we have 11 races to sell, you know, with Christopher, and our guys are talking, and so the, we would uh, love to have those 11 races sold. And uh, there's a place on our website to go to if anyone has any interest. In, and I'm just proud of our guys, our organization, and, and Christopher and what they have done and got prepared for and, and a change this year. And just wanted to thank them and thank you all for giving us the opportunity to talk about LFR. Oh, not a problem. And for, you know, us here, we really hope that you break through this year, get your first win. You know, it's it's good to see a, a smaller team a one car team do good I, you don't see it too often you see the big guys coming out but if there's one team that I want to see pull it through it's, it's definitely you well appreciate that we're yes we consider us underdog and that in our shop we have a David and Goliath mural on our wall and <laughs> uh, you know, that's what we feel like we feel like David going out and fighting the Giants well you definitely have a warrior that could do it this year with Christopher so Absolutely. You know, and, and Matt, was all of our drivers have been, but we haven't been able to get put the cars under them that I believe we finally done for Christopher and then brought a, a, a real wheel man that's young, aggressive, you know, and wants to do well, so the chemistry is great. And a smart crew chief. Uh, our guys love Christopher, and uh, he loves the guys, that Jason, Ratcliffe, and 
and uh, Michael Wheeler Wheels, top director, and you know he's he's the one that's put that together and over it all. And so we're just happy to that uh, you know have those guys and the quality of. Them. Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, we appreciate you coming on and giving us your time. And like I said, we'll be uh, we'll be out there cheering for you. And you know, if I can wave the at Pocono, I'll be the the big fat guy drinking beers there, looking at you. <laughs> hey, love it, uh, Tom Joe. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate the invite. And uh, you know, holler at me. Contact anytime. Uh, I can help y'all. All right. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, Bob. You bet. Good night, guys. Good night. Have a good night. You bet. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. And that was Bob Levine from Levine Family Racing and uh, his driver, Christopher Bell, is going to be going for Rookie of the Year and hopefully uh, winning a few races this year. So Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I am still here, everybody. Yes. <laughs> jo- Joe took the uh, producer uh, yeah, end Yeah, I, I hung back. It, yeah. I hung back. But that's <laughs> all right. You did, you did a splendid job, and Bob seems like a really good guy. Yes. And- no, good luck to him this uh, this racing season. Yeah, very excited. So, all right, well, uh, let's let's wrap this up. Follow yes. us on Twitter, Bull in the Ring PC, Instagram, Bull Ring PC, Facebook under Joe Tom or Bull in the Ring PC, Bull in the Ring. Sorry, uh, you can listen to us on Podbean, Spotify, uh, Podcoin, Apple Music. Hit the subscribe button, rate and review us on Apple Music. And that's all she wrote. Yeah, and you know, watch the race this year and cheer on our. Uh... Our friends now, our new friends. That's right. All right, for Joe and Tom, uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Later.